Welcome, students, to Ghoulish University. Class is in session! <laughs> Welcome to today's class here at Ghoulish University, the podcast where we study everything that is Tales from the Crypt. I am your host, Headmistress Logan, and joining me tonight is our professor, or sorry, our adjunct professor of schlock, G-Baby. What's up, G-Baby? Hey, how's it going? It's going. It is Wednesday, my dudes. It is. Um, Hump day. Hump day. <laughs> um, also joining us tonight, we have our custodian, Steve. What is up, Steve? Hello. Good to see you both. Evening. Likewise. Hello to Steve. Steve and his cat. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having um, us back. <laughs> yes. Always a pleasure to have our friends from Wax and the Porpoise here. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm excited for tonight's episode because, um, gentlemen, it is the season three finale. And um, they really decided they wanted to put us out with a bang. This episode was 40 minutes. Um, So um, let's see here. Um, I guess I want to do just a little bit of, um, I hate to steal housekeeping, but I feel like everybody also says housekeeping. So um, there's no monopoly on that. But It's not not trademarked yet. Not yet. No, no. (laughs) But um, a little bit, I guess, of... um, just kind of checking in. Um, we are going to have a, a season three wrap up after this. And then um, I already have it in the bag. We are going to have a brand new guest on for our season four premiere. Um, and actually it's a friend that I met through uh, our friends here at Wax and the Porpoise. Um, my guest for that week is going to be Chris from the Mount Molehill podcast. Um, so Hell yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna it's a I, like I said we already recorded that one and it's pretty good so I am looking forward to um, sharing that with you guys and also just wanted to give him a shout out so that way um, anyone who's listening who doesn't know Chris and his podcast Mount Molehill um, definitely recommend you check it out uh, it's actually not really much of a time commitment either because his episodes are pretty short and I was able to binge the entire podcast in one day through two commutes and a lunch break so yeah it's pretty. Pretty, he, he's got a pretty interesting little podcast. Um, what is it? Any any molehill will become a mountain, as he says. <laughs> yeah, where even the smallest mysteries become mountains. Exactly. So I recommend <laughs> you check out his podcast, and um, you'll be hearing from him in a couple of weeks. Yeah, check um, that shit out. It's awesome. Yeah, Chris is the man. If, if you look at any of the uh, episodes he's been on our show, I think those are some of the best ones, personally. Yeah. Definitely heavy hitters for sure. Every everyone likes Chris. It's like people. It's like uh, it's like that meme of the dude and his girlfriend, and he's turned back and he's looking at the other chick walking in the other direction. (laughs) Yeah. It's like anyone who meets Chris, it's like that's that's what happens. They just want to be Uh, around him. My uh, my old lady every time he's on the show goes out of (laughs) the way to tell me how much she loves him and loves the episodes he's on. I'm like. 
Relax. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Chris is a pretty cool dude. We uh, we were actually able to chat a little bit after we were finished recording too. So he'll definitely be around. We've already got him down for a couple more episodes. Um, don't y'all worry. So those of you who don't even know him yet, but <laughs> um, hell, hell yeah. Yeah, we've got we've got we've got a list. So hell yes. That's my sorry. That's my Chris impersonation. <laughs> Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dillman, tonight I'm going to celebrate the end of season three of Tales from the Crypt. I've got my vodka Dr. Pepper. Oh, nice. For taking because it is a Wednesday night, but Cheers. fuck it. Cheers. Yeah, it's a school night. Fuck it. Yeah, I got a little Blake's hard cider. Their seasonal apple lantern, roasted pumpkin hard cider, super bomb. Highly recommend. It's dude, it's firm too. It's six point five, and it just goes down easy. It's a nice seasonal uh, treat. Yeah, my guys, we're in Halloween season. This is fuck yeah. I'm at my most powerful. Well, actually, Virgo <laughs> season is over, so like I'm not at my most powerful anymore. But <laughs> this Virgo season for me was not a good one, y'all. Um, <laughs> it was what, what is Virgo season? It's just horoscope. Well, Virgo, Virgo, yeah, horoscope. I'm my sign. I'm a Virgo. Virgo's from like August 22nd or 21st or something like that to like September 23rd. Um, What's the line from Waterboy? Huh? What's the line from Waterboy? About uh, I was a, a Voigo. I'm a Voigo. <laughs> I can't remember what the, leads up to who that. Who the hell though. told you you was a Voigo? Oh, yeah. The devil or the, the, the voodoo. Ballot, uh, that girl. That that voodoo devil woman. Uh, oh, oh, he's like, you know, I don't oh, like man. confrontation. I'm a voyago. <laughs> That's like, what it is. Who yeah. told you you was a voyago? <laughs> that Vicky Valencourt, that girl, a girl. <laughs> my my little oh. brother fucking loves that movie. And uh, confession, I have not seen Waterboy. Oh um, boy. I we are I know lost. I need to watch that one. I need to watch Happy Gilmore, and I need to watch Billy Madison. Oh my um, God! What if he... I know? I know. <laughs> Must have a seizure like that dude. Flight reacts. The <laughs> dude, what have you been watching? Cool to pee your pants. Don't you worry. I know that it's cool to pee your pants, but that's the only part of the movie that. I... <laughs> what have you been, Jim? Is this how you feel when I tell you I've never seen The Godfather? Yeah. See. Exactly. <laughs> oh, me either. <laughs> Like, oh yeah. My God, what have you been doing <laughs> with your entire life? Um, my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Well, I loved The Wedding Singer. Me and okay. uh, both Nates, Vaughn and Nate, we watched. We sat down and we watched okay. uh, The Wedding Singer at some point last year. But I grew up watching Fifty First Dates, so like that's just. Those are both. I've always been a Drew Barrymore girl at heart. Those um, are both not solid. anymore. Those are both yeah. solid. <laughs> it's a good. It's a, that's commendable. It's a good foundation, and I know we got ten plus years on you too, so yeah. it makes sense. It's but it's fun too, kind of seeing a younger generation experience it later. You know, when it was so, like for people our age, it was such a like a, a cultural like one-liners like th that yeah. touchstone you know like com we can find like these dudes can find common ground by quoting happy gilmore to each other you know like mm -hmm. <laughs> if i went if i went the to mutants over at table nine yeah, yeah. <laughs> if i went to play golf and you said i will pay you a hundred thousand dollars if you don't mention happy gilmore one time in this round of golf i could not do it yeah <laughs> 
I just There's couldn't no do way. it. No. No. All right. Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison are both movies that I have seen good chunks of as my parents have been watching them or as it's just been on TV at the house whenever I was living with my parents. But I've just never sat down and watched it. And I really should. Billy- I'm a little soured on Rob Schneider right now, though. And I know he's in all of he's in all of those movies, too, though. Rob Schneider's anti-trans. I can't. Um, <laughs> that's. That's yeah, awful. you definitely oh, have to set aside some things for him. But he, is, if it's any consolation, he always plays like a wacky, like he's like a prop in the background. You can do it, yeah. right? Is that him? Yeah, I, like I liked that. him. I liked him a lot, and like that's the thing. I, I can sometimes. It depends on the day. I can sometimes separate an artist from their shit beliefs. But <laughs> um, anyway, we're gonna get down an Adam Sandler. Uh, rabbit hole. I know you got that up there with all the Arnold flicks. Yes. That the other boys, I, the other Nates give you shit about. So you got the, time. Yeah. Well, I need to catch more of the Arnold flicks too. And that's just kind of fallen off my radar a little bit. But I bought The Running Man so that we could all like the man, the Nates and I, we used to have watch parties and stuff. So we watched The Running Man one night and I like bought it. And every time I see it on my Amazon, I'm like, shit, there's like 5,000 other Arnold movies I need to see. <laughs> um, Running Man's good foundation, too. That's a that's a fun one. And not a lot, not everyone's movie. seen that one, too, like in regards I really to Arnold. Like, I really like that movie a lot. And it has the chick from Vampire's Kiss. Um, so yeah. Uh, I, what's her name? Maria Conchita Alonso? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> but she was in it. Yeah. And I just remember being like, Leo pointing at his TV. <laughs> um, and yet I have seen hours of dumb shit on YouTube that I'm not going to remember. Anyway, are y'all ready to get into this week's episode? Yeah. Yes. Let's do Let's it. Do- All right. Okay, students. It's time to take your seats. I'm about to teach you a lesson. So um, this week we are talking about season three, episode 14, and it was all yellow. <laughs> um, it's just yellow. But um, Steve, I already know the answer to this one. But G, maybe have you seen the this episode before? This is one I have actually never seen. This is a first time watch for me, and I always avoided this one. Like the uh, I wouldn't say like the plague. That's kind of strong. I just avoided it because it didn't seem like like it was like World War One, and it didn't seem like a tales from the crypt episode and the more i learned about it like i was Mm -hmm. like they kind of just tacked it on which i'm sure i'm sure we'll discuss as we get into the episode and the 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 making of it and everything but um yeah i just always avoided it because it didn't seem like when i go for tales from the crypt i want something like creepy you know and like kind of that comes with that vibe and this is definitely an outlier too but um i'm glad i did finally check it out um sorry i was tapping my my imaginary watch because it has a 40 minute runtime which is longer than i think any other tales from the crypt episode i've seen so far like whenever i sat down to watch it today during my lunch break i was like 40 minutes i was like that's my whole lunch break well i have an hour but still that was a lot longer than i was expecting to spend um so yeah i was and steve have you seen this episode before no absolutely (laughs) I was hoping you were going to humor me and be like, actually, yes, I have. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is a first time watch for, I guess, all three of us. Um, this is 
I don't think this is a first, but this may be a first for at least an episode I've had G-Baby on. Um, all three of us being newbies. So yeah. this will be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, but let's go on ahead and get into um, the details. Um, hang on, give me one second. I'm just going to see... Because I did make a plot synopsis, as you guys know. And... Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I know. Perfect. All right, all right, all right. Sorry. Logan's not prepared again. All right, all right, all right. The episode opens up to Soldier. I don't know exactly what his little title would be. I could have, I probably could have thrown anything. Captain Crypt Keeper. There we go. Captain Crypt Keeper prepping a firing squad. <laughs> firing squad. Present arms. Oh, hello, creeps. I was just about to fire off tonight's dead time story. It's about a young soldier who doesn't want to be in the army anymore. I can't imagine why not. I mean, war is a great equal opportunity to destroy her. (laughs) Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Ready? Name? Here's my favorite part. Fire! I call tonight's tale yellow. We enter a World War I, I'm assuming, right? Battlefield. Uh, terrors reign in the trenches as we follow Sergeant Ripper crawling through one damn body after another (laughs) looking for (laughs) Lieutenant Calthrob. He retreats to the trenches finding the Lieutenant hunkered down with his flask. He tells him that they need to climb the hill and Calthrob tells him to order the men to retreat. Sergeant Ripper fights back knowing that they need to get up the hill to win this battle but the Lieutenant doesn't back down and the Sergeant relents. Meanwhile, we see a Captain Milligan making his way through the trenches to the general. General Calthrob is telling him that they can win the battle so long as they get up the hill. Yes, that's right. General Calthrob is Lieutenant Calthrob's daddy. Sergeant Ripper comes in to tell General Calthrob that Milligan to tell General Calthrob and Milligan that the attack up the hill has failed as Lieutenant Calthrob has ordered a retreat. They can still salvage the battle, but they need to move Troop B up to somewhere around and they cannot communicate with them, though, because their phone line is dead. General Calthrop calls his son, Martin, into the bunker, telling him the other men are calling him yellow. Martin tells him that he wishes to be discharged from the army, as he never wanted to join in the first place. His father tells him he cannot do that, but instead says that he needs to take a small group out to fix the phone wire. Um, let me see. Eventually, General Calthrop promises to transfer him off the front lines, as long as he can do this one thing for him. That night, um, he sends them out to go fix the wire. And we'll, we'll get into that. Maybe we can, no, never mind. All right, let's go ahead and stop there. Um, so we've got Sergeant Ripper. Sergeant who, Ripper. Who's, um, you know, he's been through hell. And he finds his lieutenant, like, tucked away in a little... Um, a little what do they call those? Like it's a trench dugout, or that's a good way something. to put it. A trench dugout, yeah. And he's behind a, a curtain hole. too. Yeah. Um, I Ripper's got a great voice too. Oh yes. yeah, didn't you recognize him, Lance Henriksen from Cutting Cards? Reno? Oh my god, that's him. Yep. I uh, didn't no. even. So... I thought I, he I looked familiar, been... but I couldn't place him from yep. anything. Also, Near Dark. He played the old crusty fucker in Near Dark. Oh shit. Yeah, Lance Henriksen, Bishop from Aliens, uh, small role in Aliens 3. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you, G-Baby. No, I was done. I 
I'll be honest, I was kind of like, I didn't even look at the cast list for this one because I was kind of like, I imagine is going to know all of these people a lot better than I am, so um, we'll be able to kind of go through it a little oh, yeah. easier. But I'm um, all over it like shit to a blanket. I knew it. Um, so I was, I didn't even look, I didn't even realize well, that was Lance what? Hendrickson, but I recognized his eyes. Um, damn, cutting cards is honestly, I think, in my top five all time fave episodes. I think about that episode regularly. That is a um, fun episode. That is so good. Um, I like that kooky intro song. Like the, yes. The, the casino, like macabre fucking thing yeah that sexy theme song i miss those sexy theme songs from season two man they used to have some good ones <laughs> and they we still get some good ones but um like the the john lovitz episode that one had a good little yep. <laughs> um anyway Banger. sorry so um so yeah we got old boy lance hendrickson i didn't even realize that was him shit yep he, such a great I name like, too, Sergeant Ripper. Such a yeah. Sergeant Ripper. That is him such perfect. a that's a banging character name. I would yeah. be like, yep, <laughs> I want Sergeant Ripper. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's, it sounds like when he talks too, like his vocal cords are ripping. Like every, like when he calls him Yellow, Yellow. Like, yeah. Holy shit. I I do I must say I love the opening scene where he's crawling through and he's seeing all these dead bodies Damn. and he's like, damn. <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's like, damn. <laughs> That's why I put crawling through all the damn bodies. Um, yeah. <laughs> but also this opening scene, um, and it's funny too, I didn't even realize that like so I don't know if you guys saw the movie nineteen seventeen that came out a couple yep. of years back. Yep. Um stressful fucking movie. But yeah. I just kept thinking about that movie as I was watching this one because 1917, I, I don't watch a whole lot of war movies because I'm not looking to bum myself out all the time. But yeah. 1917 is one of the most like accurate portrayals of like horror that you see in like war, especially World War One, given how like god damn World War One is like fucked. Like yeah. the trenches and way all that way shit. less technology, like way yeah, less it's, it's comfort. Primitive. Yeah. Yeah. It but I I, I'll just never forget seeing the kid sorry to like get into nineteen seventeen for one more second. I'll never forget seeing the guy like accidentally land his hand into some dude's open chest cavity while he was in like a fucking Yeah bog or whatever. Not a bog, but he was in like a a wet he was in a big puddle and he like fell and his whole hand just went into this dude's chest cavity and I was like smelled so bad. Dude, that movie made me mad uncomfortable. And they were genius for making that movie like one long shot because it it keeps you on edge the whole fucking time. Um, That last part where the dude's like running across the field trying to get them to fucking retreat and shit. That part's crazy. Yep. That's like the part whenever I watched the Oscars that year. I hadn't even seen Parasite, but I was rooting for Parasite over that movie all day. (laughs) Um I have seen it since then. They're but both that, really good, but that's like the uh, that's the scene that scene where he's running through the field. That's the scene that they use every time they would talk about 1917 during the Oscars. They'd be and the nominees are, um, yeah. So that this episode made me think of 1917 like a lot. And this episode yeah. doesn't show like those true horrors. Like I think about how like you know I think a lot of the people who died not a lot because fucking everybody was just getting shot, but I think a lot of the people who died during World War One, it wasn't even necessarily that they were died from, you know, like 
the enemy. It was more they died from the elements and like oh yeah, I'm sure gang green yeah. and all this other stuff. In fact, um, I we don't have to get into it quite yet because I feel like we're gonna talk about this overall with the episode. I agreed with you, holy G baby, when you said like this doesn't feel like a Tales from the Crypt episode. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that because it's literally just like a straight war movie. Um, yeah. uh, spoilers for those who haven't watched the episode yet. I was expecting German Nazis, like not German Nazis, German zombies to yeah. like, you know, come through at some point. I was like, so when are we going to get to the supernatural part? Yeah, exactly. Of the episode? When's the kooky turn that I can, I was kind of waiting for that too. Like I even held out towards the end. I thought there might be some kind of weird, like a, mm. a devil turn or like a, a, a demon kind of presence or something. And it just, ne- it never came and, and Yeah, it is a straight up, I mean, it's horrific in ways, but it's definitely not a, like a horror short and it definitely feels out of place with with the rest of the the series by far steve i loved it i also uh, (laughs) i also do just enjoy a good war movie so you know it's not super surprising um once again went in with really low expectations not not like not just low expectations but not any preconceived notions about anything at all um about zero seconds yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i was wait i was waiting for like some weird gas thing because i know that was a big thing in world war one I. I thought maybe oh, yeah, there would like be like mustard gas i thought there would be like some gas thing that would like turn mm-hmm. somebody or something and and then when you do get that first glimpse of the the nazi shadow people later on i thought all right maybe something else is going on but Mm-hmm. I mean, even when it ended, I I still thought like, wow, that yeah, that was really good. I didn't I didn't miss the like super creepy supernatural aspect of it, but that's yeah. It. Just real quick, in terms of liking it, I I thought it was okay. Like I I I won't go out of my way to say I don't think I liked it as much as you did. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, and I thought it was it was well done, like on a technical level, but uh. I, I yeah I guess I I just don't think I liked it as much as you did probably because with the tales from the crypt I, that's what I wanted I wanted yeah. a tales from the crypty episode but if you take it if I took it away from that if it was in a different anthology series or just a short by itself I probably would have thought about it a little bit differently but anyway sorry what were you gonna say Logan no I agree I agree with you both quite a bit I because. I don't like to watch a lot of more war movies, but I've liked most war movies that I've watched. If that makes sense. Um, I just don't, I'm, I'm more of a happy endings kind of person and a good bit of war movies that you watch. You usually will get some kind of a happy ending, but you really take a lot of hits along the way. Cause it's yeah. fucking war. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you see that a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I thought that this was a really well-made episode, but in in terms of like tales from the crypt, I don't necessarily know if this is something I'm gonna like go out of my way to revisit. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can definitely kind of talk about the parts that we liked. Um, is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about during this first part, or do you want to get into this meaty middle section? I was trying to think. No, I think we're we're set up good to go into the next phase of the story right. for sure. Cool, cool, and to kind of. Um, to kind of, I guess, put, because I know I left out a little bit of basically what Martin was saying, 
Um, if you guys know the song Numb by Linkin Park, I think that's basically how Martin is trying to express himself as he's like, fuck you, dad. I only did this because this is your dream. Um, <laughs> I don't want your life. And that guy <laughs> and, and that guy from Linkin Park killed himself. So oh, rip Chester Bennington. Um, featured yeah. in all the Saw movies, as our straight chilling friends are talking about right now. <laughs> um all the saw talk. I didn't realize he was in a saw movie, but I want to watch it now. Um, yeah, I didn't either until I saw the kill count for one of them. He was in like Saw Eight or some shit. Yeah, him huh. and uh, fucking or seven. Steve, Steve, have you seen any of the saw movies? Yeah, I've seen the first one for sure. Maybe the second, possibly the third. Definitely gave up after that. The second one has Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, the first one's got one of, one of our patrons saying Harry Elways. Oh yeah, Harry Elways. Danny Gloves. That's right. He's in that one. I know. I just listened to the Straight Chilling episode. Uh, those of you who are listening, if you haven't already checked it out, Straight Chilling covered Saw, OG Saw this past week, and that episode's a fucking banger. Danny Gloves uh, in the first Saw. Oh yeah. He's one of the police dudes, right? Yep. Real stretch uh. for him, but <laughs> dude, I just saw a thing though about Danny Glover. Uh, it, it was like the first time I think in Lethal Weapon two or three when he said, uh, I'm too old for this shit. He was only 41. <laughs> and I'm you're, coming you're, in you're hot. Getting, we're getting close, Papa. <laughs> I'm getting I'm coming in hot on that, so I'm like, fuck. That's such a uh, trip though to think about. Like he was only forty-one when he said that. I thought he would be like fifty-eight or something. It's like, goddamn. Sorry. No. Oh no. No <laughs> worries. I I'm just thinking. My so my birthday was last month, and I went to a family dinner. My uncle was like, "Hey, how old are you going to be, Logan?" And my mom and I at the exact same time went almost thirty. And then I like glared at my mom and my, it was, it was, I gave my mom the look that she's given everybody else her whole life. And she, when she saw it, she was startled and everybody was like, that's what you look like. (laughs) Um, It's like, I can say that shit, but not you. (laughs) Um, So yeah, no, I, I totally get the like closing in on a new decade and being a little bit existentially worried about it. But at the same time, my wife, like got, hmm? my wife got pretty freaky about 30. I, I, I have a love hate relationship with approaching 30. We don't have to talk about that, but <laughs> I see the pros and the cons. I just, I'm saying I turned 27 and now my back hurts a lot more and I'm feeling a lot more, oh my God. taking a lot more Advil. Just, <laughs> just bear down. I think, <laughs> I think what really got me was, um, com- like comparing. So like, uh, if you have a parent who's 60 or whatever back in their day, 60 was like 80. And so mm-hmm. like, if you, if you ask your dad, you know, uh, when you were 13, if you met somebody who was 60, they probably looked to you like they were 90 and now you're hundred thousand years old. Yeah. yeah. And so I know for me, like I compare it to sports, you know, because I've grown up watched, a baseball or football player come up through the ranks, have an entire career, and then retire. And I'm like, this guy is still fucking younger than I am. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, as you you get older, your body will fall apart for sure. But you'll also, like, 
I think you'll just think about it differently when you see other people who, you know. You, you gain wisdom and knowledge. Going from watching the NHL draft in high school to watching the NHL draft now is pretty sobering. Because as a high schooler, you're like, wow, that guy's only a couple years older than me. And now you're watching 18-year-olds get drafted and you're like, wow. Dude, it's so crazy. I follow Notre Dame. And so I see them recruiting like these offensive linemen that are like 17 from like Iowa and Illinois and Indiana that are fucking 6'3", 6'4", 320 pounds, 285 pounds, like built like a brick shit house, And they're fucking 17. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so i i'm like you're a child and you're going into professional sports (laughs) yeah Um, they could put a grown man through a wall yeah exactly (laughs) um good night so uh let's go on ahead and move on into this second section here um so kind of just recapping from the beginning general kalthrob promises to transfer martin off the front lines as long as he can do this one thing for him that night, Martin, Ripper, and two other men go out into no man's land to repair a broken line. Um, real quick, I don't know if I if I kind of explained it well enough. They're trying to use their phone to call another... I don't want to say the word platoon. Is it platoon or another... Like another group? squad or B Another squad. B They're company. trying to do another squad. B company. Yeah. I think a company is a pretty big unit... Uh-huh. of soldiers i think it's in the hundreds i want to say yeah, maybe not maybe a company's like 30 i know i think i think that's right because martin was saying something along the lines of like 200 men go out and 30 come back so i think that a company is like i think 100, it's 100 to 250 soldiers damn that's crazy. Um, yeah so they've got a, they've got a whole company there and um and yeah, there's like a com- communication line that's been snapped or somehow messed up, and they just have to go repair it so they can get word to their to their other squad so they don't get ambushed or so they can reposition. What do you mean they couldn't just send them a text message? Yeah, <laughs> Logan, have you ever seen Enemy at the Gates? No, I haven't. Oh, fuck. Jude Law. Ooh, Jude Law fan. Young, I like it. young Jude Law's in it. Super yeah. young, super handsome. There's and a, what's that other dude's name? The Joseph uh, Fuck. I'm not gonna remember. Is it fine? It, it's not fine. Right? Yeah, it is. Okay, it is Joseph Fines. Ron I think he Perlman? was in that Ever After mover, movie with Ron uh, Perlman. Yeah, Catmouth. Mister Catmouth. Yeah. Well, I think all cats look like Ron Perlman. Not Ron Perlman looks like a cat. Big difference. Well, in this movie, he has all metal teeth because they've been beaten out by Germans. Uh, oh my! But yeah, there's a great scene in Enemy at the Gates where they're trying to do the exact same thing, like rewire a telegraph or telephone or whatever line, and yeah, yeah, some I'll sort of hit- comms. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to hit that up. I'm interested. It's um, it's so good. It's another war movie, so I'm sure you'll love it. Oh yeah, I'm just Rachel. Shit. Rachel, shit, let's get this recording over so I can go watch it. Oh yeah. <laughs> She is in it, Rachel Vice. Rachel Vice. Rachel Vice. That's kind of a fun war movie, though, because it's more about like the cat and mouse between mm-hmm. the snipers and stuff. It's like that's like, the O'Neal? focal point. Yeah. No, Ed Harris. Ed Harris. You're Walker. thinking of fuck. You're thinking of uh, Modern Family. 
Little Giants. <laughs> <laughs> the annexation of Puerto Rico. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, okay, boy. so they, they gotta go. Sorry, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. I, I, I'm not on the, I'm not the one on time, time crunch here. <laughs> I could go all night. Um, they find where the break, well, they, they're looking where the break in the line is located and they hunker down about 50 yards away from where they're pretty sure this line is. But they notice that the German soldiers are moving their lines closer. So they're moving in on, on our guys. Is that, what is that, is that a flare that they see, or is that like a plane that's floating around that light? It's like a weird kind of weather balloon that they put a flare <laughs> on or, or something that is just like a temporary aerial flare that, you know. Yeah. Eventually comes well, they're, down. Yeah, they're what looking, he said. And they're looking at it, and then Sergeant Ripper is like, the Germans are moving their lines closer. I can smell it. Um, so, um, Martin begins to tell them, well, we need to go back uh, as the Germans are closing in and Ripper tells them, no, we have to do this. You have to do this. Yeah. He says, you stay here and you just give us a warning with this whistle. If you see anything. And as soon as the men find the fucking break in the line and they attempt to repair it, Martin notices a group of German soldiers coming over the hill. He aims his pistol at him, but he is too scared to blow the whistle. He gets their attention, but damn it, it's too late. The German soldiers kill the two men and wardily wound Sergeant Ripper as he is blown into the hole with Martin by a grenade. Ripper angrily tells Martin, You were supposed to warn us! And Martin instead just kind of freaks out and pushes his body off and runs back to the trench, where he tells Captain Milligan and eventually his father, General Calthrop, that they were ambushed. He shut his gun as much as he could, but there was nothing he could do. Don't even try to go look for him. The other men are dead. The general tells Martin he'll do as he wishes and transfer him, uh, but not so fast. Sergeant Ripper has survived long enough to get back to the trench and tell General Calthrob that Martin is a coward. He's yellow. yellow. And he was the reason that those men were killed. He uses his dying breath to tell Martin that he is a coward. I know I said that twice, but... He really, he goes, you, and then he falls. Got his Might as well have his tongue out. sticking out. <laughs> um, guts blown out, too. Yeah, it, it can't be overstated, so um, I think it should so be twice. Sorry, I, my apologies for interrupting y'all. Um, I'm going to finish this one last little thing. So Martin tells the men in the room that it was Rippard's words against his, as he's dead now. General Calthrop <laughs> checks Martin's pistol, notices that not a single shot was fired. He orders Martin arrested and orders the officers to the church for a court martial of Lieutenant Calthrop in one hour's time. Dun, dun, dun. Um, all right. So, Scandalous. Yeah, I know. This is, I, I guess I went a little shorter on this section, but at the same time, like, there's, there's kind of a lot to go on here because, um, well, like I said, this is kind of, whenever you see the German soldiers coming over the, the little hill or whatever, yeah. I was like, this is the part that they're zombies, right? Or like they're aliens, <laughs> something real fucked up about them. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Like, oh, they're going to come across some fucking, some weird shit going on. Also, I don't think we, we put in here either. I think earlier, uh, Dan Aykroyd is also. Oh, like, yeah. So plays a straight man in this episode, like completely. He's not there for like, doesn't have any quips or one liners, I think. Maybe one towards the end, but. He plays it super straight and like just like 
just the facts kind of dude. It's fun to see him so, in this. So I always, um, I used to blow up Thon's spot all the time because you know how astrology was his thing. So I used to always be like, oh my God. And then this person <laughs> comes in and Thon is like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, blew up my spot. So I, I didn't want to mention it. But as soon as I saw his name in the credits, I did message G-Baby. I was like, Ken Aykroyd! Yeah. <laughs> Um, it took me a while to find him because like you said, he plays the straight, you know, the straight man. And so the whole time I was expecting, you know, Mr. Funny Guy, Mr. Ghostbuster. And um, that is not what we get from Dan Aykroyd in this. No. Nope. Um, so, so yeah. And also Dan Aykroyd plays a much smaller role in this. I mean, yeah. he's still in it a good bit, but I mean, he plays a smaller role in it than I was expecting given that his name, and obviously I'm, I'm assuming he's, since he's one of the bigger names, you know, on the cast list, they gave him like with Dan Aykroyd as Captain Milligan. Yeah. And they do that for, for someone else too. Cause I think this episode has quite a, has pretty stacked cast. Um, yeah. I recognize, I recognize a bit of a, a few of the names as we've kind of already gone over, but um, yeah. So, so they go out and um, G baby, have you ever seen the ritual? The ritual. Is that what the, the backpacker dudes the british dudes yeah, with like, the nordic yeah thing. yeah and um, the one's got that trauma from like the his friend at the beginning because when he, he was a coward he, he could have helped his friend and he didn't because he couldn't do it kind of deal um i thought about that a lot whenever martin was laying there like in that little ditch and he's watching the germans like enclose on his friends and you even see him he pulls up his pistol he's like i should do the right thing but like he can't bring himself to do it because he's such a bitch. Yeah, and he just and, hesitates and loses it in the moment. Like, yep, you're well, one fucking seen, past. Have you seen Saving Private Ryan? I can't bring myself to watch that movie because I've heard it's so fucking sad. But... This is just fucking Corporal Upham all yeah. over again. Yeah, there's a coward, yellow uh, piece um, of named Upham in uh, Saving Private Ryan that has this very thing happen. So good. Oh, it's you way more infuriating. Yeah. Oh no. Um yeah, yeah, it's a good flick. It it really is. It's like I think an that's, de that's definitely a movie I need to see like before I die. Um kind of deal. Uh is Chris Pratt in that movie? No. He's way, in... be way before way before his time. He was in Zero Dark Thirty. Zero Dark Thirty. That's another movie that I want to watch. Um I know Chris Pratt gets some shit. I know a lot of people don't like him. You know what? I, I saw him. him in, there was a season. He just did some shit on Amazon. What the fuck was it called? Oh, is it that? Terminalist? Terminalist was fucking rad. I'll and just say, I went into it with like zero expectation. And I think I was like sick and I was just like wanting to put something on to just like turn my brain off. And I got sucked into it. It's very good. Really good. Is that like a Tom Clancy thing? Or? It kind of feels like that, like like from the world of like Tom Clancy, or you know, like like he's Jack like Reacher. a uh, like a Reacher, yeah, or like yeah. a Jack Ryan, or yeah, they they set him up as like a or like a Jason Bourne, like Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne, you know, like <laughs> they they try and set it up like that, but it's more subdued though. He, it's not like you know it. It's not r super realistic, but it feels more realistic than 
like a John Wick or like any one of those like revenge kind of things yeah. where they're embedded in like military political kind of intrigue shit. But yeah, that was one I, I was pretty surprised. Uh, <laughs> his performance was pretty rad in that, but Jason Bourne is another movie that I want to watch, but also like just really don't, I don't, my mom loves those movies. Um, they're, they're good. I liked them. I love the memes that have come from that movie. Mainly the Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. Like yeah. that never fails <laughs> to just make me cackle. Um, so, um, sorry. So anyway, um, also I have to mention the like Lance Henriksen, Sergeant Ripper, when he gets hit by that grenade. The and it, sh- it shoots him in- no it shoots him up in the air like 35,000 feet yeah. and then like awkwardly like r- turtle drop like right on top of <laughs> Martin Lieutenant Martin yeah. his back's blown out but yeah that- and then that gravelly like you were supposed to warn us you like- should have fucking warned us yeah dude that yeah, part kind of gutted part. me so that part so the part whenever Martin is like you know, doing his thing in the fucking pit and like not helping. I was, this is one of the first times in a long time watching Tales from the Crypt where I have been yelling at yeah. my, I normally would say TV, but I was watching it on my phone. I was yelling at my phone. I was like, do something! Shoot, <laughs> <Chill>, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he sucks. Like, straight up bitch move and it's funny too because at the beginning of the episode like before he even gets sent when he's talking to his dad he's like i can't kill anybody and it's like well what the fuck do you think you just did to your fucking like buddies i was about to say teammates i guess they are technically his teammates but what the fuck do you think you just did you just killed them like yeah your own men got you got them killed because of you they're dead as opposed to some like and not to be you know un you know, we we don't feel this way about the Germans now, but like those are just some fucking German soldiers. Like fucking shoot them. Who cares? <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's well, yeah. That's when you're what... out there in that situation, it's you or them. You know, you gotta you gotta think about you know the immediate needs of for survival when you're in that. I think that's kind, kind of, of zone. I think that's kind of the beauty of these war movies, where it's like a moral paradox, where like you get the other side, but it's like you've got to defend your fucking people. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly I, that's why i was yelling at him because i didn't want sergeant ripper to die i was like don't I was like, Kill yeah. him! and then it just it was a gut punch whenever he and i do think it was fucking ridiculous and it was the one part of the whole episode where i did get a little chuckle when sergeant ripper gets blasted by this grenade all the way back directly onto him. it's not even next to him motherfucker lands on <laughs> martin um and you just yeah, kept directly yeah that was from god that was god being like bitch <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then then when they returned i thought the the uh the acting job was pretty good i don't know if it was it was at this point or if it was before when his dad uh martin's dad tells him yeah you do this one last thing i'll i'll put you in the rear you know and like you know I'll keep no, you away from the action or it's whatever. Before he sent him on the the wire yeah. repair. Okay, is that when he like breaks it down? Like I can't do all that stuff, Dad. It what's like it's not in me. Like I'm. I think he knew his kid was a bitch, and yeah, sent him out there hopefully to die, and then 
you know, he confronts his dad later, like, you wanted me to die. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, that's a tough situation. I can't imagine that was common at all uh, for, like, a, a parent to be, like, a major in this situation or whatever, a captain that, like, you're a lieutenant and you re- report to your dad on the front lines. But... Um, wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> Having to go back to dad after that. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's like this, like highly decorated. He's got a reputation, you know, that he's looking out for. And they say it a bunch of times. You can tell it; it's getting to him. Like when he when Ripper calls him yellow, and he's a coward, and he's like, "No son of mine's a coward," you know. Like he's gonna yeah. do at whatever at whatever cost. He's gonna make sure that like the family name, like the the birthright or the legend isn't sullied, you know, by his son bitching out, you know, making him look bad. Sorry, y'all. The dog was being a little too loud. Um, oh, you're all good. Yeah. Um, also, I, not only does Martin, like, let's see, we already kind of got into the part where, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So not only does Martin, like, not do shit for those guys whenever they're out there, he turns around and goes back to, you know, home base to his dad. And he's like, I did everything I fucking could to save those men. No, don't go back to get them. No, they're dead. They're dead. I, I checked. Yeah. It's like, I yeah. did everything I could. I shot this gun as much as I could. It's like, dude, they fucking heard the rifle fire. They heard the grenades. They didn't hear your pistol going off. Like, yeah, and then when he inspects the guns, like, you didn't fire around. And well, also, it's, like, it's worse than doing nothing because you're keeping them from going to help them. Because the Dan, A- Dan Aykroyd's yeah. like, well, we should go see if they're injured. He's like, no, 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 they're all dead. <laughs> yeah. That's even worse. Yeah, because at that time, for all we know, the other guys in that squad, the three or four guys that went up there are still alive because we only saw Ripper get blown higher blown than Jesus face. Christ <laughs> on the space shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> um. So... I knew as soon as Martin went in there and said, I shot every single bullet out of this gun. I knew that Sergeant Ripper wasn't dead yet. I was like, (laughs) that motherfucker is going to just out of spite. He's going to crawl back all the way and he's going to, he's going to make it back. So sure enough, whenever, and also what the fuck was Martin thinking, telling his dad that this is the gun I used. Like, yeah, like he's not going to inspect it or smell it or like, yeah. I was like, motherfucker, you should have fucking dumped that gun whenever you dumped your friend's body. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're exactly friends. Martin has no desire to be there. and He makes that very well known. Yeah. Um, so At this point, I thought, I thought Hendrickson was going to come back, but as like a ghost or like a zombie or something. Yeah, that's what, that's what I. That's where I thought like the tales from the crypt might come through a little bit, but it didn't. It was still a good scene though, having him come in because it's like, oh shit, gotcha, 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 bitch. Um, <laughs> she and <laughs> gotcha. We haven't even gotten through all the gotcha yet. Um, so let's go on ahead and um, Act Three. Move, in, move into Act Three. So. The officers all find Martin guilty of dereliction of duty. Sorry if I said that wrong. Desert, desert, desertation, desertation under fire. Desertion. 
Desertion, thank you. Des desertion under fire and cowardice in the face of the enemy. He is sentenced to death by firing squad by his own father. They will carry out the execution at sunrise. General Calthrob tells Martin that he is a disgrace to the uniform, and Martin simply reminds him that he never wanted to wear it in the first place. Captain Milligan tells him to rethink the sentence. And you may be a little going a little too harsh, and General Calthrob maintains that he will not have cowards in his army. Side note, I think it's, I mean, obviously, like, it's, it makes sense. It's kind of crazy to me that you can be sentenced to death for literally just being a little bitch. <laughs> um, treason. It is, well, yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was surprised they didn't use the word treason. Well, if, uh, if, if you imagine, he's not just being a little bitch. Him being a little bitch resulted in the death of three of his other people. Yeah. Know. Um. So, yes, sorry, not to, not to brush you off, Steve. I'm, um, <laughs> that okay. night, Kalthrov goes to see his son alone in the church dungeon. <laughs> Martin tells him that it's not easy. Sorry. Uh, do, 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 do. Sorry. General Kalthrov tells Martin that it is not easy for him, but the panel found him guilty. He had no choice. Martin reminds him that it was he himself who had no choice, and all his life was wasted simply to appease his father. All he ever wanted was a little pat on the back. Wah. Martin weeps, and General Calthrop tells him, well, you're not going to die tomorrow. Instead, he's going to personally load each rifle with blanks. Martin will fall back into the pit, and once the company is left, he will have a new bag. He will have a bag with a new identity card and a little bit of money, too, to get him by. There's one thing that General Calthrop wants his son to do. <laughs> he has to face the firing squad like a man. Show everybody that he has courage. Please Next stop week. being a bitch. That's all I'm asking you. Daddy ain't raised no bitch. <laughs> the next morning, drums play a somber tune as General Calthrop marches out. The entire camp stands at the ready, and the general ceremoniously loads each individual rifle. A priest leads Martin out of the church, who smugly says, Looks like a nice day to die, Father. He waltzes forward, watching his father load each gun, walking by a line of shallow graves, and he holds his head high as he walks to a platform where he will face his fate. He sees a piles of bodies wrapped in white at the bottom of the pit, a small shoulder bag laying down at the end of the line. Captain Milligan reads Martin's sentence to him and offers a cigarette, to which Martin declines, but he does ask to take a drink from his flask. Milligan obliges and offers a blindfold. Once again, Martin declines, and, offer, and he offers some final words. Martin says, I'm tried, but I'm not the man my father is. I'm sorry, and I apologize. My fear of dying got in the way of my responsibility to my men, my obligations to my commanding officers. I know now what Shakespeare meant. Cowards die many times before their deaths. The valiant never taste death but once. And with a final salute, he's ready. The priest gives him his final rites, I think. And Martin looks over his shoulder one more time to make sure that the bag is there. And Milligan orders the men to ready, aim. And suddenly, General Calthrob lowers his eyes. Martin realizes what this means at the last second, and the men fire real bullets into his chest. General Calthrob and Captain Milligan watch as Martin dies. And Milligan says, forgive me, General. But he died like a man. To which Calthrob responds, yes, my son is not yellow. The final shot closes in on Martin's flask, which reads, Martin, let courage be thy name. 
from his dad in 1917. We join General Crypt Keeper back in the crypt. I guess Martin finally learned his lesson. No guts, no gory. <laughs> well, gotta go, kitties. Time for my shots. And the Crypt Keeper, tied to a tree stump, pulls a lever, crunk, and a line of six rifles lower. Fire! The guns all shoot him. Ha 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 ha! Yes! Yes! Boy, I get a bang out of that. <laughs> And that is it for yellow. Um, boys, we saw this ending coming, did we not? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I th I thought that the dad seemed pretty earnest about him getting away, but I thought that he was going to double cross him like some other way down the road. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think uh, it was going to be as blunt as, no, I filled them all with bullets. Fuck you. <laughs> die now with yeah. the dignity in our family's namesake intact if i hadn't watched if i if i wasn't watching a tales from the crypt episode i might also have maybe thought that it was going to be different but and i also kind of agree i was like yeah um dad's not going to shoot him with the rifles but martin's still going to get got somehow um so yeah i guess in a in a sense in a sense, I knew that Martin was going to die at the end. I knew he wasn't just going to, like, get away scot-free. Um, so I guess let me rephrase that. I didn't see, like you said, GBB, I didn't necessarily see the firing squad having real bullets at the end, but it was definitely something where I was kind of like, well, we don't have much time left, and all that's really left is the firing squad. But what about you, Steve? Yeah, I wasn't sure what to think, actually. I, it could have been either one where he really did let him escape and the uh, the alternative wouldn't have surprised me either where oh sorry Abraham DeLacy Giuseppe Casey I really liked that Martin quoted Shakespeare Thomas O'Malley sorry <laughs> No, no, no! You're good. I should have, I should have let you finish. My, I thought you should be apologizing. My autism wouldn't. It's like you put a quarter in the jukebox. I has to play. You have to finish it out. You have to finish it out. No, Ar I. Arist Aristocats. No. All right. Oh, a cat's the only cat who knows <laughs> where it's at. I know Thomas O'Malley. Okay. Cool. <laughs> You're not an Aristocats fan, Steve? Never seen it. Oh, man. That's, it's a, a that's an old, old Disney cartoon. Because I'm a lady. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my favorite thing, my favorite trend on TikTok is, um, you know, the sound, you know, like the ducks theme. Bum, 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 on TikTok, that's become a really popular. I'll send it to you. I'll show you. Um, Sorry, I'm I'm blanking on it. It's okay. No, I. Uh, I'm not hip enough for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm old. one of the few uh, <laughs> VHS tapes that I had whenever I was a kid, and I didn't know how to use the DVD player, so I watched a lot of Aristocats. Nice. Uh, yeah. It's such a banger. So fucking good. I think I might have to go rewatch it later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I um. 
And you know what? I'm really glad that I've started. I've started watching the episodes twice because I watched the episode without typing a plot synopsis, so I can like actually let the details wash over me. And then I go back and I watch it again to type my plot synopsis. I didn't notice the detail. I don't know how much of a detail it is. I didn't notice though how um, the general like lowers his eyes right before they're about to fire mm-hmm. because he doesn't want to watch his son get fucking shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's when Martin. That's whenever it kind of clicks to him. Like, I just got fucking got, dude. Yeah, he and knows. I, I think that was another reason why I semi. I keep going back and forth on it. I kind of saw the end coming, mainly after Dad said, "You have to face this firing squad like a man." Yeah, I was like, he's literally just saying that for appearances, so that way he doesn't go out there and beg for his life on the platform. <laughs> yeah, stop making me look like a bitch. Yeah, and he's like, you haven't been able to do that this whole episode, so I'm going to make it ironclad. It's foolproof like that you can't continue to besmirch the the name. He's he's so smug as he leaves the church. He's like, it looks like a good day to die, Father, after he was (laughs) crying to Daddy in the fucking dungeon last night about how sad he is that he's going to die tomorrow, which... Obviously, like, I would be sad, too, if I was sentenced to a pretty immediate death. Because you don't even get the, like, 12 years average of death row. You get one night. <laughs> he didn't even get a last meal. God damn. <laughs> um, yeah. But he didn't, I, uh, didn't think it was going to happen, so of course he's smug. Like, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's go. Fuck it. And, I mean, you know... It worked, you know, like, here's the thing. Whenever I was a kid, I often talk yeah. about how, like, trying new foods was really hard for me. The only way to get me to eat or drink something new was to fucking trick me. So, honestly, <laughs> in the same sense, it kind of worked for Martin, where Dad had to trick him into not being a bitch. Yeah. And yeah. the firing squad, he was like, yeah, listen, son, you're not going to die tomorrow. No, nope, I'm going to load blanks in there. All you really need to do for me is to just like keep appearances, you know what I'm saying, son? Huh? And then really, yeah. it was put those bullets in there. <laughs> yeah, it's like Logan. No, this asparagus tastes like green licorice. It's awesome. I swear to God, it tastes just like the Reese's cups, Logan. It yeah. like That's what my fucking family used to say all the time. They'd be like, "Mom, it tastes just like Reese's cups." I'm like, "Fuck <laughs> you!" Uh, right. Shout out. Eve, I think you said that the Reese's Cup was your favorite, right, Candy? Oh, yeah. Like that? Oh, yeah. You can't beat a fucking Reese's Cup. It's pretty top tier. Objectively the best. In my... <laughs> yes. I, I agree. Um, all right. Well, y'all ready to grade this episode? Well, I feel like we need to address my Please. favorite part about this. Which uh-huh. is, it's obviously Kirk Douglas and Eric Douglas, father and son, and... The real bummer is Kirk Douglas died in February of 2020 at the age of 103. Oh, my. And the son, Eric, died in 2004 at the age of 46. (gasps) Oh, no. I had no idea. Yes. Accidental drug overdose. Oh, no. Yeah. It's yeah. it, it's a real bummer. I don't think there's any doubt that uh, Eric was Kirk's son because he looks just like him, sounds like him, 
Sounds like Michael Douglas. I actually thought for a second here, he kind of looked like Will Forte in spots. Did you pick that up at all? Mm, I did. Guy from uh, Last Last Man on Earth, Beer Fest. Yeah, I did not. But uh... (laughs) yeah, he does have the family, the Douglas resemblance for sure. And even just the voice, like. Yeah. No parents ever have to bury their child. That's so sad. Yeah, that's crazy. He like outlived him by like sixty years. Yeah, fifty-five years. That's insane. Yeah, and he's the youngest of the, the yeah. kids. I was gonna say Douglas. Which Douglas do I know? Is Michael. One of the- Michael. Michael Douglas. He's in Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah. <laughs> um. Who is it? Michael Douglas. Is he an Ant Man? Yep. Yeah. Hank, Hank 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 Pym. Hank Pym. I knew it. That's who I was thinking of whenever I saw Douglas. I was like, Douglas. Douglas. Black Rain. <laughs> He's right there. Ghost in the darkness. He's right. Michael Douglas. Black oh, Rain. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, Ghost in the Darkness, he's awesome in. Um, oh, Basic Instinct. Hello. Falling Down. Falling Down. London Bridge is falling down. Yeah, he's in um, a bunch of good shit. Like <laughs> what is that one? That, what, Midnight at, at the Candelabra that he just did with Matt Damon, where he played... Um, oh, fuck. Uh, who's that dude? In like the eighties, the super flamboyant gay Liberace. Yeah, he played Liberace, and Matt Damon played his lover. What? It's a fucking wild ass movie. It's called I think it's called Behind the Candelabra. Strong wreck. Interesting. Because didn't didn't Liberace pay for his lover to have plastic surgery to look like himself? To look like him, yeah. And it ends up if anybody's seen Eastbound and Down. He ends up looking like Stevie at the <laughs> oh, end when he gets God. that Hasselhoff chin. Oh, the fucking fuck. <laughs> dude, it's so fucking creepy, dude. Yeah, Matt He's... Damon does that, and he gets like his cheeks and his fucking jar like puffed out. Like, yeah, it's it's intense. After Diego and I finish Big Bang Theory, I'm gonna make him watch Eastbound and Down with me because I haven't seen it yet, but we have watched couples <sighs> together. Wow. Fucking- Vice Principals and my friend Morgan and I are watching Righteous Gemstones together. Oh yeah, you'll love Eastbound and Down. It's Eastbound and Down. I'm I'm saying, but my friend Morgan, it's the Holy Grail. She's been telling me though that as she has watched, obviously, like you know, they're the show. The the shows get better and better with each one. So she started with Righteous Gemstones, and I think she watched Vice Principals after that, and then she watched Eastbound and Down. So she went backwards. Um, so I think Eastbound hmm. and Down is just not at as high of a level as Righteous Gemstones is. So I want to watch that before I finish out Righteous Gemstones, if that makes sense. Yeah. Start at the beginning. Um, with our, our bestie, David Gordon Green. <laughs> yeah, he's he just needs to stay away from horror, I think, and he'll be fine. He's great at he's great at comedy because yeah. like Vice President. And Danny McBride. And Danny McBride. Of course Danny McBride, because 
those shows are awesome. Anyway, sorry. I'm, I know we're kind of running a little tight on time. But <laughs> anything else you want to touch on before we rate the episode or grade the episode? Excuse me. No. Uh, no, I can't think of anything. Do you want to? Are you itching? Do you have a grade ready, Steve? Sure. Yeah. What are we thinking, Steve? Hmm. I loved it. Um, A plus. Damn. A plus from Steve for the finale. Yeah. Going out with a bang. Yep. Okay. Stand by it. Calm down. It's Christmas, bro. <laughs> <laughs> A plus. Um, That's you insane. Know, here's the thing. Um, I will never fault someone for giving an A plus to an episode that they love because I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm going to admit it, and Naderid's going to come on here next week and rub <laughs> it in my face. I'm sure that the thing from the grave is far from the best <laughs> episode of Tales from the Crypt. But I will make, that is my highest rated episode to date, and I don't know if, if or when another episode is going to come close to it. I love For that. me. <laughs> That's one of my favorite moments from one one of your guys' episodes is when you and Thon both yeah. both put your stamp of approval on the thing from the grave and Nate is Naderid's just beside himself. Beside himself. I was thinking he, the same thing. He was so incredulous. He's like, What the fuck? <laughs> I... Are you fucking serious? Like, he was mad. Like, he wanted to, like, punch both of you. <laughs> when Thon said the thing from the grave, because I think that was his top three. It may have been top two, even. I was, I felt so vindicated. I was like, yes! <laughs> like, that's fucking right! Because I think Naderade knew going in. That's my number one. He knew. He had to have known. Yeah. But and to so have whenever Thon back Thon, you up, that was just the straw that broke Thon, the camel's the, back. The voice of reason on this show, whenever he vindicated me by giving that high praise for what it was, that was, yeah, top tier ghoulish university moment for me. Um, yeah, for awesome. sure. So I'm not going to fault Steve for giving this episode an A+. If he wants his little war movie to get an A+, he gets an A+. <laughs> Let's not forget, also, G-Baby, that I'm pretty sure he gave, what is it, like Alien Slumber Party an A+, as well. <laughs> yeah, that was wild, too. I couldn't wrap my head around that, like, at all. I can definitely see him liking this, like, that highly. That's fine. Um, it's called taste. <laughs> <laughs> Should try it sometime. Well, G baby, what are you thinking about for yellow? Um, I don't want to grade it too harshly. Um, but go for it. I'll go. I'll go B plus. B plus. Okay. It was a solid consumption of media. I I like the story, but. I think if it would have done something to fit into the Tales from the Crypt mold, maybe mm. it would have pushed it up to like a solid A or an A minus for me. But uh -uh. Uh, knowing some more of the background too around it, I can forgive it and just. So I think B plus is fair, just like on its own merits. Like I thought it was well done. Like the production value, like the beginning of going through the trenches, I thought for. I mean, these budgets are, are a lot smaller, especially this was made in 91. I thought it was pretty impressive, like, on a technical level, what they were able to achieve. Uh -huh. uh, 
in the episode. So, yeah, it's definitely a solid, solid episode, I'll say. I I will agree with you on that. I'm going to land on a B- minus for this one. And I know that sounds like I'm souring on it because I'm giving it the lowest grade, but I think this is one of the highest grades I've given this season. Um, I don't think I've been very shy about saying that season three has been not as good as season two. Yeah. Um, so honestly, a B plus for specifically season three is a little bit higher. It's on a higher level for me. I mean, B minus it's, it's better than I've been given out a shit ton of C's this semester. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to land on a B minus for this one, mainly because it's missing as G baby kind of mentioned, it's missing a tales from the crypt trademark. And I know that, that, you know, I think for some people, they might like that about this episode, but I came here to watch Tales from the Crypt, not, you know, a war movie. Um, yeah. So that being said, I do think that this opened up great discussion for us. And it also, you guys have recommended some good movies to me that I'll watch one of these days. Um, so, yeah, I think that's great. I think that's going to bring our average to, are we looking at a B plus? Since we got an A plus, a B plus, and a B minus. Yeah, I think it back to that median B plus. Yeah. B plus. All in all, the season three finale gets a nice B plus. Um, I know we're already kind of running a little longer than we wanted to here. Are we ready to move into astrology? Sure. Astrology. Starlight, Starlight, the first stars see tonight. Each week, our professor of astrology. This week, it is our adjunct professor of schlock, schlock substituting. Uh, G Baby is going to look to the stars. He's going to tell us about the stars of the past from this week's episode, The Past of the Stars. Guys, I've had a little bit of drink. He's going <laughs> to tell us about the past of the stars from this week's episode and what they might be up to now. Uh, GBB, take it away. All right. Uh, so, yeah, this episode, it has, uh, uh, I guess in hindsight, it's not a huge ensemble, but it is an ensemble cast. Um, and it's got it's some heavy hitters here, including, like, the director uh, and some of the people that, that produced this episode. But um, so right off the bat, you have our main general Calthrob is Kirk Douglas, who, I mean... I think people like I'm almost 40. I, I kind of missed the boat on him cause he lived to be 102. He was big in like the fifties and sixties. Like his claim to fame, I think was like paths of glory and Spartacus was a huge one. Spartacus. Um, and then paths of glory actually is mirrors this episode quite a bit too. It's kind of like an homage. And, uh, he was also in that, um, but yeah. And then his, what, go ahead. 103 103 yeah. jesus yeah he fucking hung in there um and yeah his son uh eric douglas plays uh lieutenant lieutenant martin calthrop i didn't notice i i didn't know that the, there was a younger douglas i always i think of kirk douglas and michael douglas i didn't know he had like four other siblings and the, i think it's it's kind of confusing because eric douglas is like half brother to michael douglas yeah so but uh he does have four sons i think it's joel philip michael and eric 
who is in this episode. Um, I think his biggest thing I, I noticed in his filmography is the, the Golden Child uh, from 86 with uh, Eddie Murphy. Uh, he was, it looked like his, his dad cast him in a lot of stuff, but <laughs> he didn't, he didn't really do a lot of notable things, but yeah, I did see a little bit more. I guess he, he battled with um, drug and alcohol addiction throughout his life. He was kind of the, the black sheep, I guess, of the family. He was the youngest uh, and he kind of had that, he had like a chip on his shoulder and um, so yeah, he unfortunately died at 46, like per early in 2004 uh, RIP. Uh, And then we have uh, Lance Henriksen, who we've we've already talked about at length, who plays Sergeant Ripper. Um, Also, again, he was in cutting cards back in season two um, opposite, Ah, God, what, what's that dude's name? The googly face when he gets his fingers cut off. I can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, Lance Henriksen. He's oh, pump- yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> the most amazing gif of all time. Yeah. Uh, Lance Henriksen's been in a ton of shit uh, we've talked about before. He's the bad guy in uh, Hard Target, Jean-Claude Van Damme, where he plays the Cajun with a, he's got like a perm mullet, Wolford Brimley's in it, who rides horseback and shoots flaming arrows. Um, <laughs> uh, Henriksen was also in, we, we covered um, Near Dark, he's awesome in that. Uh, Aliens played Bishop, uh, Pumpkinhead, Ed Harley. Um, oh, shit. He was in a really good uh, uh, series called Millennium that was like a spinoff of X-Files that was just like a way ahead of its time i think it only got a handful maybe one to three seasons maybe just one or two and it's out of print i think the rights are all weird so it's super hard to find on dvd it doesn't stream anywhere which is uh lame there's a there's a big like uh like a, a sub genre of of people who love uh millennium and it's super hard to get your hands on but if anybody caught that, that was back in like the late, what, like early, early 2000s, 2001. Um, yeah, I love Hendrickson. He's, he's awesome. Um, who else do we have? Dan Aykroyd pops in. It's kind of a weird role for him because he doesn't really, um, he doesn't have any levity. He's not, he doesn't crack any jokes. He kind of just plays the straight man. He does have his like trademark, like he can, he's got that million dollar mouthpiece, you know, like he can talk, he can, uh Oh, looks like we lost. Uh Oh, we lost Steven. Well, if he, uh, if he comes back, I mean, he has the link, I'll let him in or whatever. Um, but if he, if he has to, if he has to bow out, you know, we can, we can finish this out. Sorry. Did I know we're chatting. Did Steve text you back? Did he? Yeah, he said his his power's back, but his internet's not working or cooperating. So he's he said just go ahead and finish out without me. All right, is that okay with you? Yeah, totally. All right. Party. Um, so let's kind of get back into astrology real quick. Yeah. Um, I think I left off at a pretty good spot with Henriksen, and then I came in talking about Dan Aykroyd. Yes, we're talking about Dan Aykroyd. Okay. Um, other than so Dan Aykroyd. Other than um, 
other than Ghostbusters, because obviously that, well, not obviously, I've seen him in Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. What other what other flicks is he in that oh, maybe boy. you would or what other flicks are he in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I love Dan Aykroyd. I think he's awesome. Uh, he was recently, I guess, for a straight chilling connection, that movie, uh, Nothing But Trouble that they just covered a few weeks ago um Mm -hmm. i wouldn't go out of your way to watch it it's it's pretty fucking weird but he's in that um he was in his claim to fame was uh he got started in like uh chicago i want to say second city like their troop where a lot of people came up and fed into snl so he he was on the he was one of the like original SNL players in like the late 70s early 80s and like he palled around with like John Belushi um yeah uh uh Bill Murray um that's how they got connected Harold Ramis so he did uh the Blues Brothers in 1980 with John that Belushi is I need to see that. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. He's excellent in it. Plus Elwood Blues. Um, yeah, I mean, most people know him. Ray Stance from Ghostbusters. Um, but yeah, that's his claim to fame was SNL. Um, Coneheads. That was a uh-huh. spinoff from yeah, SNL. He got his own movie for that. Um, yeah, Coneheads is a banger. But yeah, he like he's he's an interesting cat too because he's like really into conspiracy and aliens and like UFOs and like like his um he's he's a super proud Canadian too and like I think his parents are like high like high ranking like like Canadian royalty like in the military or something like that and oh, I think his it. his uncle was super into like paranormal research like I think he was like a like a a guild member at like the society of paranormal research so that's why he's so into that like that like the ghostbusters is like all of his childhood and like wanting to write about you know the paranormal yeah we believe you yeah (laughs) we're ready to believe you yeah but another uh couple films i really like him and in is uh my girl one and two he plays uh veda sultan fuss's dad he's a he they live in a um mortuary and he he's like he works as a uh uh what do you call those like an embalmer or a, a mortician mortician and uh so it's kind of morbid but uh jamie lee curtis is in it in those films that's what Love. we named my daughter veda after veda sultan fuss from the my, oh. the my girl movies because we love That's him so much baller. but yeah he's he's excellent I, I that flies under the radar like people don't they think of all his snl ghostbusters he's awesome uh-huh. in my girl that's a good flashback i don't know if i've heard of that one i have to check that one out you've never seen my girl no oh, i've never heard of it god you would love it macaulay I... macaulay culkin's in it uh macaulay culkin i'm more of a rory culkin kind of girly well, he, it's when he's young. He's he plays. He's just a kid, so he's like fresh off a of Home Alone. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis. It's awesome. Dan Aykroyd. I think I think Ghostbusters. Maybe the only thing I've seen him in. I got to see Ghostbusters. It was the 35 year anniversary, and they were showing it in theaters. So me and like one of my roommates at the time went and saw it. Hell yeah, that's uh, awesome. Because I I'm a Bill Murray girly. I Space Jam was my favorite childhood movie 
dead ass. Like, come on, you can't beat that. Yeah. So Bill I Murray, love- I've always loved Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, we stand. Yeah, we stand Bill Murray, but more importantly, I I like Dan Aykroyd too. I liked him a lot in Ghostbusters. So I've been. It's been in the back of. I've got like a little a little you know scratch a little itch. Of like, I need to watch more Dan Aykroyd in my life. So I definitely need to check out My Girl. Blues Brothers and My Girl, I would say. Solid additions right right up there in the pantheon with Ghostbusters for sure. I, um, I watched a Dark History, or there's a podcast I used to I used to follow heavily. I don't follow it as much anymore called Dark History with Bailey Sarian. She's on YouTube. She's mm-hmm. also on Spotify. Um, she did an episode on like the crack cocaine like the dark history behind crack, I think. And, you know, of course, cocaine, because anyway, um, but I guess in a, in the blues brothers, they specifically had set aside money in their budget for cocaine or cocaine. Yep. Um, but blues brothers is like really high on my list of like movies I should have watched years ago. <laughs> um, definitely need to check that one out, but I'm trying to get, this year, my like my spooky season watches that I'm really itching to do this year are The Craft, uh, Over the Garden Wall, and Monster Squad. And hell yeah, yeah, those are movies I movies slash TV shows I have not seen that I. Oh, and Halloween Resurrection. Those are those are like <laughs> I know, I know, I ha- I have to see it. You know what I mean? Morbid curiosity. Yeah. I have to see it. I don't know if I'll ever venture into the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, but any other Halloween movie, I'm down. I've seen H2O. I've been there. Um, <laughs> I want to watch another rapper, goddammit. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. I, if anything, it'll be a good companion to then follow up that Straight Chillin' episode on Resurrection. Yeah. And here's the thing: the Straight Chilling crew are homies. They bring up the resurrection. They they bring up resurrection in like so many other episodes. Yeah. And I have skipped through because every time they're like, "Oh yeah, like that time in Halloween Resurrection," and then I'm like, "Nope," because I don't want anything <laughs> to be spoiled for me. I know a couple different. I know a couple different things. I know about Buster Rhymes picking a fight with Michael, and I know about this rat. Yeah. So like, I know a couple of things, but. I, I that's it. It's yeah. something. I want to go in as blind as I can, so I should watch that one ASAP. But yeah, um, totally. Yeah, those other ones though, like Over the Garden Wall and uh Monster Squads, fucking awesome. Night of the Creeps is another one that Night of the Creeps is awesome. You'll love mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, so I've got I've got some spooky season watches that I really gotta get into. Um sorry, yeah, we're those, getting are, those are good, those are some heavy hitters. They are. I know our our friend Thon. He loves Monster Squad, so I feel like even just for him, I need to watch it. But also just for myself. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, man. It is. Do you uh, do you have anything else for astrology before? Did you want to do creep yourself? Yeah, we can. I okay. one last thing I just wanted to touch on yeah, was yeah, that yeah. this was directed. This episode was directed by Robert Zemeckis, who I had to bring it back to the Frighteners, yeah. who was next executive producer on the frighteners but he did a lot of other stuff too like he directed forrest gump um he was one of the key writers on the back to the future series michael j fox um, i didn't know i didn't know that oh yeah zemeckis is in deep he's done a lot of, he's worked with steven spielberg like as a producer writer executive producer director they've collaborated tons of times past 20 30 years uh yeah he's definitely a heavy hitter for sure too 
Um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention him and bring it back to some way the frighteners which is also related it's got some some tales from the crypt dna because it was going to be they were going to plan it to be like an offshoot movie alongside with uh demon knight and bordello of blood but they never did frighteners let me see that's we did a we did a group watch with that's uh, what with like you said michael j fox okay yeah that's what i'm thinking of I, I get the I don't know why don't ask me why but I get thirteen ghosts and the frighteners like in my brain I get them mixed up even though I've seen frighteners and I have not seen thirteen ghosts but like whenever I heard frighteners I was like oh yeah Matthew Lillard's in that right and they're like no <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> but then I think of thirteen ghosts and I'm like oh yeah that fucking weird ass movie that I watched with all the friends that one night and they're like no <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know why, but, yeah. two different movies but I can see because it's I mean, it's focused on ghosts, you know, so uh-huh. they were Heidelberg pretty close is... in proximity. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Inbound, the Mark Wahlberg, stop it. Stop GIF. it. <laughs> GIF. I, yep. I love, I, I sometimes I'll bring up Frighteners in the Slack just so I can see the GIF. Yeah. I, I'm like, <laughs> I need it. <laughs> you know, um, it's coming. I it without fail. <laughs> yeah, like if you bring up Taylor Swift in the Slack, Naderade's gonna come in there and be like, Whoa! and then if you bring up the Frighteners, Hydraberg is gonna come in there and like stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but that's Robert Zemeckis. I wanna get more into his filmography because obviously he's I think he's like a he's a he's he he does like he produces all tales from the crypt, right? Like yeah, he's a part of that team. I think of like I think it's like Walter Hill, Robert yep. Zemeckis, um, mm-hmm. a couple other folks in there, some heavy hitters that are, that all were like the like the showrunners. Yeah, and then they kind of they they would each cherry pick and and do their own episodes every once in a while too. Yeah, yeah, and um, Robert Zemeckis's wife, I fucking don't know her name. This this I'm so anti-feminist of me. Um, it's funny. We just keep calling her Mrs. Zemeckis because she posted, she's the one I saw her Instagram post about her and daddy crypt keeper and a few other actors did like a table read of a script that was written for the yes third tales from the crypt movie that never was. And I have been meaning to go and look and see if I can find that stream somewhere. Cause I streamed it, but I don't know if they like, I don't know if it's anywhere on the web. Cause I've tried to it's look gotta it up. Be. It's got to be somewhere, right? It has to be somewhere. But and then also, I was I'm curious to hear your thoughts too. If we if we don't have to get too deep into it, um, I don't know how late you're trying to like. No, I'm good. Um. So someone, I think Hydraberg was the one who shared in the Slack an article where there's some rights issues going on right now with Tales from the Crypt. Oh yeah. Um, Chris brought it up whenever he and I were talking. Apparently, Jordan Peele initially tried to do a Tales from the Crypt reboot and that didn't work. So he went with the Twilight Zone, yep. which I do want to hang. I, I want to check it out. Um, yeah, but then, okay. uh, but then M night Shyamalan was yep. also trying to do a Tales from the Crypt reboot, which Chris, I think maintains would be like M night is like the perfect person for that because of all the twists and stuff that Tales from the Crypt brings up. I have only seen a couple M night, offerings and i watched split which is one of his good movies but Mm -hmm. 
I wasn't a huge fan of that movie. I love Anya Taylor-Joy. I didn't, I wasn't obsessed with that movie, but that's mainly just because of me, not because it wasn't good. Um, and then I listened to the mini cast on Old, where Soju says, this is the last straw. <laughs> yeah, it really is, man. He just disavows M. Night Shyamalan. I'm right there with him. I so mainly just because of what I've heard and less because of what I've seen, which is a flaw. I've just kind of disavowed M Night. So whenever Hydroberg shared that article with us and he tagged us and he was like, "Check this out," I was like, "You know what? They can keep their rights. I don't want M Night touching Tales from the Crypt because then, yeah, if there's a well, Tales from the Crypt reboot, I will feel obligated to cover it." Yeah, I I'm kind of glad that it kind of fizzled out because I I wouldn't be on board with an M Night. Because he was also shopping it. I think he was working with like TNT. So I feel like it wouldn't have the same bite. Like the idea of Jordan Peele and having it done with like HBO. Uh, Jordan you know, Peele where, could make it work because he has that comedy bone. Yeah, totally. And I, I think he knows how to pick like collaborators and people. He would surround his himself like with a really solid team. Um that that to me sounds way more interesting, but I think it was it ended on like kind of a sour note like that. Um, the guy who p- d- voices the Crypt Keeper, John Cassier, uh-huh. Cassier, he was talking about the convoluted web of the right the rights because the the rights uh, died with um, I think it's uh, some someone in the Gaines family who owned like EC yeah, Comics, uh, William Gaines or something like that. Yeah, and then when he died, the like he, it, it didn't go to any heirs, or he didn't he didn't have like a a will set up for it, so it, it just goes into like a I don't know of like a trust or a conservatorship mm-hmm. where it's owned by like a lawyer or like a, a law firm now owns the rights, uh... and they they won't. I guess he just he described trying to get that out of their hands and trying to pitch a show and getting them to release the rights is like it's pretty much never going to happen until they decide to do something with it. So yeah, for all intents and purposes, it sounds like, you know, anything tales from the crypt related is deader than a doornail for at least the foreseeable future. That honestly is okay with me. Um, I have a love hate relationship with reboot culture. I think yeah. that certain things, I think I maintain I don't know how well it would turn out, but I think, I mean, The Fifth Element is kind of like my movie of the year. I've watched it like three times this year. <laughs> I think that I think that The Fifth Element as a reboot with uh, Walton Goggins as Zor, that's the biggest leg I have to stand on. And Elizabeth Olsen as Lilu, I think that would fucking slap. I would be so here for that, but yeah, that'd be cool. that's a fucking pipe dream. <laughs> um but like other things that like, you know, there are various things from like my childhood right now that are being rebooted that I'm kind of like, no one wanted that. Nobody was asking for that. Yeah. I feel like they're rebooting way too quickly now too. They're like doing stuff that was yeah. like 10, 15 years ago. It's like, if you're going to reboot something, why don't, why don't we try to go back a little bit further? Yeah. Or like, like the running man, I feel like, you know, kind of bringing it back around to the running man, they could reboot the running man. And I think they could do some cool stuff with that. Yeah. With like the way social media is now. And like, there's a lot of things that they could, uh, yeah. Bring that into the, the modern, modern day with. Get Mr. Beast in there. I mean, if you think about (laughs) the fucking, 
I know the running man, I need to watch that movie again because there's various details that I've kind of left out, but I mean, squid games, I think is pretty close to, you know, something similar. Yeah. Squid games fucking took the world by storm, dude. Like, yeah. I remember that was Squid Games was the first show that Diego and I watched while we were living together where I was like, if you watch an episode of this show without me, I will have to kill you. <laughs> uh, uh, that's but, how Yellow Jackets was with my wife. I was like, you better not watch that while I'm working. Dude, Yellow, I need to start Yellow Jackets. I, It's right up my alley. It's everything I need in my life. And I just keep going like, yeah, but then I have to start a new show. Um, yeah. I know that I know that fear, that initial hurdle to starting something new. But at the same time, if I if I keep putting it off, they're gonna come out with new seasons and then I'm gonna feel like I'm too far behind. And I don't know how long that show that show seems like it's has a pretty good thing going. So Yeah. But anyway, um, do you wanna kinda move into Creep Yourself? Yeah. Alright. What did you do this week, class, to creep yourself? <laughs> Now comes the time where we all show in hell something that we treated ourselves to this week. Um, G baby, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, why don't you go first? I can go first. Yeah, I I always offer it to the guests because I feel like that's polite, but at the same time, like I'm sure that like the last thing that you've been thinking about is what you fucking did this past week or past <laughs> couple of weeks. Um, since you're a guest, you know you can kind of bring up some highlights um as of recent um but i've been pretty excited to share um i like I, our conversation so sorry to anyone who i haven't I, we haven't really kind of stated this steve did kind of drop out in the recording um he lost power and then he lost internet and i think he already kind of had to leave anyway so it's just me and g baby from here on out we're kind of tagging up wrapping up the end of the episode so um anyway but yeah so creep yourself i've been pretty excited to talk about this one because this past week, I watched a movie for the first time called The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Have you seen this oh, movie, baby? I, I have not. I know uh, uh, Ben Stiller's in it. Ben That's Stiller, not only in it, he directed it. Oh, he did? Okay. I didn't realize this. Ben Stiller, he directed Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Apparently, he also directed Zoolander. I didn't know about that until... Oh, yeah until the end credits when it was like directed by Ben Stiller. And I was like, he directed this. And someone was like, yeah, he directed Zoolander. <laughs> Zoolander, another movie I need to rewatch. I, Diego and I watched that movie when we first started dating. So like, you know, we weren't really watching the movie. Um, <laughs> I, I need to rewatch the movie. Um, yeah. It's a good one. But Secret Life of Walter Mitty is actually a movie that I absolutely love. It's one of my new favorite movies of all time. Cause here's the thing. I so I don't know if you've ever heard of the Enneagram. I talk about it a little bit. I'm aware of it. I think I've taken it once or twice, but I can't remember what the fuck I am. So the Enneagram, I could I could do my own little podcast episode on the Enneagram and my feelings <laughs> on it. Um, the thing is, is the Enneagram is a it's a tool. It's not you know like with your with your zodiac sign, which zodiacs you know that's also considered some kind of a tool, but. With your zodiac, you're assigned a certain, a certain, you know, you're assigned things based on the time and the place that you were born. With the Enneagram, it's kind of like you read through like the different motivations of each types and you, you decide like, what am I most motivated by? What the fuck? Do you hear that? That little like, Mm -mm. it's not the cat. 
Is it a chirp? Is it your um, it smoke be... alarm fire detector? No, I think Diego's doing something. Diego, he'll randomly play. Yesterday he was playing like Natasha Bedingfield songs on his phone. So I think he's probably <laughs> just playing some weird thing on his phone. Um, it sounds like a meow though. Um, anyway, so the secret life of Walter Mitty. The thing is this, so as in any, to my Enneagram friends who are listening, I'm an Enneagram type nine. There's a whole lot of things that go into it, but it's recommended to people of my Enneagram type because throughout this movie, you see um, our main character, Ben Stiller, Walter Mitty. He will like be, you know, chilling in real life. And then you'll notice like, you can tell whenever he transfers from real life to his daydream, he daydreams a lot, basically. And in his daydreams, yeah. he's like a big hero, you know, like he he's an action hero. He can jump from a bridge down to the street and he runs into a burning building and he saves this girl that he really likes cat, you know, all these other things. I was able to like identify a lot with that because I daydream a lot. So, like, there's a lot of times where I imagine myself as being a lot cooler than I am, you know? So, like, I loved watching this movie because it felt like it, first of all, it called me the fuck out. <laughs> and then it was like, here are ways that you can, you know, like, not spend your entire world in dreamland and actually go out and do some shit. Right. Um, Manifest it in the real world. Exactly. Yeah. So, I highly recommend Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I loved watching that movie. Um, quite a bit. I it, Like I said, it's kind of like an instant all-timer for me. Like, I can't wait to go home and not go home, but I can't wait to go watch it again. Um, nice. But um, also, I, I think I mentioned, well, I kind of mentioned it in the episode that I recorded with Chris, but obviously that's not going to come out until a couple weeks from now. I am now officially a Chiefs fan. So <laughs> um, this past week, I creeped myself to watching the Chiefs game um, while Mother herself was in attendance um <laughs> it it's such a blast dude this whole like you know taylor swift travis kelsey thing like it's honestly it's my uh, my roman empire right now if you will <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's um, awesome but i i haven't creeped myself to it yet but i wanted to go ahead and um insert myself into y'all's podcast for a second because at the end of every episode y'all are doing right now y'all are asking your friends if they're doing any costumes this year for halloween oh yeah and are you going to the straight chillin chillin party this year next friday i am i should be. be in so i, I don't want to spoil the costume that i'm going to wear for that because i'm going to have two costumes this year um <laughs> So I'll, <clears throat> I'll hold off. I may have actually already talked about it at one point, but I did buy a costume already. Um, so here's the thing. I work at a um, kid's, uh, kids dental office. And um, last year we, so I, I didn't know this, but every year at this office, they go all out for Halloween. Because nice. of course, Halloween usually falls on a weekday. So we dress up in full costume on Halloween. Full regalia. Yeah, so last year, all of us dressed up as Disney villains. I was Captain Hook. I had a <laughs> hook. I had I grew a mustache on my face. I went full, like we did full. I was, if you will, I was in full drag. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, awesome. So yeah, and like it's, I, I could send you a cool picture that the whole staff took all of us dress up. So this year we've decided, I 
was really pushing for a certain theme that I'm not going to expose yet because I want to wait until the Chilloween party. Um, cause I want to, I want to, I want to make it a cute little reveal, but, um, I was pushing for a theme that theme did not win, but it's okay. This year we're just going to be straight Disney characters. No, not Disney villains. Um, I think we're going to have to go as Sally from nightmare before Christmas. Nice. Um, so I have not creeped myself to it yet, but I've already picked out a costume and I, I don't have to run everything through Diego, but I like to get his opinion on things, you know, so I showed him the costume and he also said he thinks it'd be really cute. So I'm going to get, <laughs> I'm going to get this little Sally costume from spirit Halloween. I'm Sally at the office. Nice. Um, That'll be awesome. Pretty cute. Yeah. Pretty awesome. I'm excited about it because nightmare before Christmas is a like childhood fave of mine. Like, I I listened to the album, the soundtrack for that movie last year for the first time in many years, and I still knew just about every single goddamn word. Like it's <laughs> it's just a staple. Um, I keep bringing up Straight Chillin' this week, but I, I don't know if you have you listened to their most recent episode on Saul. On Saul ten. Yeah, I've yeah uh, I think I only got like halfway through but Saul you still, X you still, ten. Uh, heard? Oh, sorry. To interrupt you, um, but you still heard that their their uh, their big Halloween episode this year is all going to be Tim Burton movies. Yeah, and I heard that. Yep. I am. I was I was kind of bummed because I wanted to know what Slime Time was. I was one of the few hangarounds of Slime Time. I I think I no. I was voting for whatever the other the Dark World one or whatever. I mm-hmm. voted for that one, and I knew it wasn't going to win, but I wasn't going to change my vote to Slime Time because I was watching up until, you know, the end of the poll. No one else was changing their votes. Like, I think our friend... I was an OG. Was- I was out of the gate Slime Time, so... I feel, like we could, I feel like we could, we could definitely ask the guys what they... I don't know if they told what the other movies would have been last year, but I feel like if one of us were to DM... <laughs> Yeah. You know, if, we, if one of us were to DM Bob, you may tell us which one it would be. But um, I got to know. I got to know. Um, and the last thing before I pass it on to you, um, I was listening to y'all's episode. Um, I think it was I think it was the one that y'all talked to Prince of Darkness with Chris, where you talked about um, the fucking Katy Perry. Um, Getting the slimed at the fucking Nickelodeon Choice it's Kids fun. Choice Awards. It's funny. I knew what you were building up to before you even said <laughs> Katy Perry's name. Because as soon as you said the slime on on Nickelodeon, the first thing that popped into my head was Katy Perry getting absolutely blasted. Destroyed by this podium slime. of slime. Holy God. And I was the target audience for that whole what is it the Nickelodeon Choice Awards I was the target audience long before that even happened so like I remember like slime was Nickelodeon's thing Uh, and the well the I'm not going to get into it but as y'all were talking about it yesterday I realized that like Nickelodeon ended up becoming like one of the more problematic um child like uh, channels from my childhood which was really disappointing to find out like the fact that Dan Schneider created most of the shows that i loved is just like highly disappointing my wife went on a huge run of watching that sloan do you know sloan is sloan Sloan? yeah yeah i know sloan i follow him yeah my wife 
got she watches a ton of his stuff it's pretty good but uh she went down a huge rabbit hole he did a whole big series on nickelodeon dan schneider and all that so i'm i'm up on all that stuff yeah that dude's a fucking slime ball mm-hmm. but, i watched yeah, definitely tarnished the nickelodeon image for sure I can still watch the shows and the pre. I can't watch Drake and Josh as much as I used to because of Drake Bell is also a creep. Um, yeah. I maintain that Josh Peck is a fave. I love Josh Peck. I was so excited to see him in Oppenheimer. Yeah, um, it was weird seeing him in a bit role in Oppenheimer. I was like, and what? I'm sure you probably remember him being a lot chunkier than he used to be, but I don't know if you remember. Shit, he had a Disney Plus show called. It was a. It was based off of a Tom Hanks movie. Fuck oh that. yeah, it was uh, Turner and Hooch, and Turner I, Hooch. I disavowed it because it's a sacrilege. Because the original with Tom Hanks and the dog Hooch, I mean, there's no substitute. So I, I, I boycotted immediately. I was like, we will not watch that. I understand where you're coming from, but Turner and Hooch was actually, I watched that every week that it was coming out because it's so wholesome. It's just so wholesome and sweet and it's very diverse. It's very, anyway, we don't have to talk about it. I've been, that's, that's cool. I've the movie's gone, better. I've gone too long <laughs> on, my, on my spot though. G-Baby, what have you creeped yourself to in recent time? Oh boy. Um, not really a whole heck of a lot. I haven't been watching as much Halloween type stuff besides what we cover on our on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did creep myself recently to uh, that Cobweb movie with. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember her name from Party Down. She was also in um, that Stephen King uh, where she played. What's her face? Um, Annie from Misery. What is that show called? Uh, here, let me just look up. Misery <laughs> is another, but Misery is a wintertime movie, right? Yeah, they did a um, Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, Lizzie Kaplan. Oh shit, is. we love Lizzie Kaplan because she's um, Cloverfield, Hopped Up Time Machine, Mean Girls. Yep. I've got a big lesbian crush on you. <laughs> <laughs> i'm slacking i well i mean i i said happy mean girls day to um all my girlies uh i love that part when the dude gets the like boom box to the face (laughs) (laughs) looks like he really wore that thing um go here (laughs) (laughs) man um other than that, there was something actually super. I I laughed my ass off when I saw you posted it on Twitter, and it's like a quick shot of Taylor Swift and like, and it does this quick shot to like a street sign that says Cornelia Street. Oh, and then the you jump posted, scare. oh, not the yeah, you put, oh, not the Cornelia Street jump scare, <laughs> and the way it's the way it's cut like that, I was like, God, she has to make a song now, like the called the cornelia street jump scare well, like the universe isn't gonna like be it, aligned well it's funny that you say that the reason that cornelia street was a jump scare is actually because she has a song called cornelia street cornelia street she uh, bought she bought an apartment on cornelia street um there's a lot of speculation as to who that song is about but a lot of us 
a lot of us think that that song is about her now ex-boyfriend Joe. Um, and a lot of those thoughts were confirmed <laughs> when she <laughs> sang. So Cornelia Street is a very emotional song of like the main chorus is like, I hope I never lose you. I hope it never ends. I would never walk Cornelia Street again. So her and Joe have since broken up. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and during the Ares tour, she does secret songs every night. And obviously Ares tour is on break right now. She's taking her break. Um, people have been praying that they would get Cornelia Street because it's such a deep emotional. I, I love that song. Um, my Cornelia Street is Stella Street in Denton, Texas. I would never walk. I would never walk Stella Street again. Diego and I were to break up. Um, so <laughs> I have a Cornelia Street, if you will. So she sang Cornelia Street as a secret song. I'll send you a video of it. She looks fucking pissed <laughs> as she's singing. She's got this dank face. She's singing Cornelia Street, and all her fans are so excited. They're like, yes, she's singing Cornelia Street. And she sang it in Mexico. She's like, they're singing it. For, she's like, I know the song has been really highly requested, and you guys have been such good fans to me, and y'all been waiting for me to come to Mexico, so I want to give you guys this song. And she starts strumming her guitar. She starts singing it, and you immediately see her eyebrows go into this, like, deep, furrow she is fucking pissed <laughs> it is the funniest Damn. shit ever so whenever she's in new york because cornelia street's in new york when her and joe broke up a lot of people stormed cornelia street and they were devastated because she had just you know her and joe had broken up and the cornelia street was like a place where they got really close so cornelia street is a the fact that you thought it was funny was something that i thought was hilarious but it was a cornelia street jump scare because she was in New York, yeah. you know, because they were playing the New York Jets. And so they're showing Taylor Swift, you know, in in the in this in the stadium. And then they cut to like them rolling just on the Cornelia Street sign. I was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So, yeah, I thought it was funny just on its face. I didn't know it had this whole like there's lore. history and lore <laughs> behind it. Like that's crazy. <laughs> Sorry to like take up your spot again, but that that no, no, I had to explain it because that's so goddamn funny that you thought it was funny too. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, all good. Yeah, but besides that, like, yeah, I'm I'm boring. Uh, I guess to answer the Halloween question, um, we always go theme. Uh, me and my fam, we've done it for like seven years straight. So now. We're doing this year. Uh, my daughter, who's turning seven, she's super high on the latest uh, Little Mermaid, so yes! she's gonna she's gonna be Little Mermaid. My wife's Ursula; she's got her Ursula costume. Oh my I'm, god! I'm gonna be King Triton. I got my costume, yes! and then uh, our our Keyshawn Gloria is gonna be Sebastian. No fucking way! And then our our two Pekingese pups are going to be flotsam and jetsam the uh electric <laughs> eel dudes so oh and my son harrison who's turning two he's going to be uh flounder shut the fuck up that yeah is... he's he put it he's like a ball he's just shaped like a just a Her chunk face. ball <laughs> um i so yeah. of course i grew up watching the cartoon i have yet to watch the live action version i want to it's just I know that they do a little solo song for Um All right. Well, awesome is there anything cat. else that you've creeped yourself to, Sir G-Baby? Nope. That's it.
All right. Very cool. I know I, we've been, we've been going for a minute now, but I, I've been having a good time, man. So time flies uh, when you're for, having fun. Thanks for hanging out. I'm very happy that you guys, I'm sad that Steve didn't get to finish out the episode with us, but very happy that both of you came on for this last episode of season three. Um, I will be hitting you guys up again. I'm sure in the near future, because uh, I'd love to have you guys on for our Halloween special. Yeah, um, totally. I love Demon Knight. That's like one of my favorite movies for sure. And I was going to say too, the, um, how you were kind of down on season three, season four and season five, both pick up really well. I'll, I'll, I don't want to say too far into like se- season six and seven, but four and five, I think are when the series really hit its stride and it was really? like it, almost at its peak popularity. So more and more celebrities wanted to come on like guest directors. So you'll see a lot of bigger names in season four and season five before it kind of tapers down again. But um, yeah, I would say like you have a lot, a lot more to look forward to. Like I was scrolling through season three and I was like, yeah, out of the 14 episodes, like there's probably only like four or five that I thought were like really cool. Like that I would go back to. Um, but then I looked through season four and five and there's like, there's a lot of bangers. Like I would, I would say 80%. Um, that, that is very promising for me, honestly, because I, like I, you know, I'll get into it more during our wrap up, you know, next week, but season three and it's just so hard. I love tales from the crypt. I think this show is at its heart. It is like exactly right up my alley. It's what I'm looking for. It's great. Season three though, just kind of like I, I was dragging my feet to be honest on like mm-hmm. a lot of these episodes. I was kind of like, all right, I guess it's time to watch another episode. And like, you know, Danny Crypt Keeper is great. And Tales from the Crypt has its moments. We had some really good moments. Not to say that season three was a total bust. And I'll go mm-hmm. through the highlights next week. But um, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm, that is very promising to hear you say that. Um, speaking of which, if you have any episodes in season four that you're eyeing, hit me up. You know, just message me so that way I can make sure that I have you penciled in for those. Um, oh, yeah, totally. But um, so I guess we're still we're still recording. It feels like we're just chatting at this point. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Our guest and our friend Steve, who is no longer with us. May he rest in peace. I'm kidding. Pour one out. Um, Pour one out for Steve, y'all, for the rest of this episode. GBB, where can our friends find you guys at Waxing the Porpoise? Uh, Waxing the Porpoise, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Just Google us. uh, Our name, Waxing the Porpoise. We're on Instagram, Twitter, soon to be just X. Um, Yeah. We talk about movies, uh, true crime, not as much, kind of like high strangeness, paranormal, funky stuff every once in a while. Uh, we're kind of knee deep in uh, just doing straight horror for September and October, like we did last year. Yeah. And we've already gotten through, we just got through the John Carpenter's The Apocalypse Trilogy, which is The Thing, Prince of Darkness. And uh, the last one that's releasing tomorrow is uh, In the Mouth of Madness with Sam Neill. So uh, we have a couple more to finish out Halloween uh, that I'm looking forward to. Um, TBD. But next week we'll be talking about Deathgasm. 
I don't know if you've seen that one. Uh, I've seen I've seen people talk about it. It's on my radar. Haven't considered whether or not I want to watch it, but usually I listen to you guys talk for like three minutes and then I'm like, I'm gonna wait on this one and then I stop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's it's kind of like in the vein of like Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, like mixed with like Evil Dead kinda and like like heavy metal, like like punk rock aesthetic to it. OG, very bloody, very gory. Uh, like the spirit of the original. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Sorry. Continue. Kind of like, like, uh, kind of like zany, kind of yeah. uh, grotesque horror, but not like the twenty thirteen, like super brutal, like yeah, like yeah, really yeah. hardcore kind of aesthetic they have going. But yeah. Anyway, long winded, waxing the porpoise. Check us out. Thank you. Logan for having us on. It's always a pleasure. Uh always a fun time. I love Tales from the Crypt just as much as you do. So yeah, keep 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 your spirits high because they really hit their stride season four, season five for sure. Like there's some of my favorite episodes are are in these two seasons. And like the star power is high. Like the quality, it's like it's like right when they were hitting like their their peak. For this for the series run so just keep that in mind you'll have a lot of bangers coming up i'm very excited to hear that and once again thank you so much for giving me your evening um it, it's always all, like you know like you said always a pleasure to have you guys on our show um always always fun and of course always we find our rabbit holes and our episodes are two hours long but i cannot yeah. complain um <laughs> I always, I always enjoy going back and listening to them too. I a week from now, I'm gonna be well, not a week from now because I'm, I'm editing this tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm gonna be cackling at all the shit that we were talking about. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, for us, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us on Ghoulish Uni, Instagram Ghoulish University. You can email us at ghoulishuniversity at gmail.com. You can also leave us a little voicemail if you're feeling it at the link in the description um please god send us some voicemails hate mail whatever the fuck you want to send us i just want to talk to i just want to talk about some shit <laughs> um make sure that you guys study up for next week's episode we're going to be talking about uh the entirety of season three actually um and i might cut this out because i don't know if i want to surprise the people that our friend naderate's coming back um but our homie our friend, we miss him. Naderate is going to be coming back for a uh, season three wrap up. Um, he's been watching along all the episodes, even though he hasn't been on them. So I'm excited. Um, you know, I'll be breaking down basically my top, top three, top five, top or low five, sorry, bottom five, low five. I'm fucking tipsy. Shit. Dude. <laughs> um, yeah, so next week, season three wrap-up, be there or be square. Um, and uh, anything else before we dismiss the class, G-Baby? Nope. Thanks All again right. for having me on. Yes, sir. You guys have a great rest of your weekend. Goodbye.
All right, GVB. I'm gonna let oh, yeah. I don't know chat after, but I'm gonna let you go because I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Always um, fun. I know I keep saluting. I'm just <laughs> but um yeah, man. Great time. Great. Yeah. Uh, like I said, just message me if you have any season four episodes that you're, you know, itching to be on. I know I I have you on our on our spreadsheet. I don't look at that as often though, so just let me no, know. Oh yeah. I'll I'll go through, I'll cherry pick a couple and I'll 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 shoot it across the board. And I mean, if you're wanting to like stretch it out too, like uh if you're wanting to like have guests for certain particular shows, we could do ones where if you if you want to see if Steve's game to just do one with you or me and you or the, we can come back and just tag team it and have three. I don't know how you're trying to run it, but um I'm just trying to have at least a guest on with me as long as Naderade's not around, you know? Right. Um, so I'm open to whatever. I know that you usually like to have Steve on, but if there's ever a week where, like, you can't have Steve on, as much as I love having Steve with us, you don't have to keep him. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. not a deal breaker for me that Steve can or cannot join you. So if you ever want to be on for something that Steve can't or doesn't want to be on, it could totally okay. be, you know, you and me, whatever it is, you know, we'll, we'll message each other. We got to um Word. slack and stuff so yeah just let me know um i can even send you the list of stuff that chris wanted to be on and if you ever want to come on for something that chris is on so that way you know you guys can come on to my show that'd be fun oh yeah that'd be super fun too to crash the party all four of us yeah i mean i'm saying i think that'd be a blast so yeah, um, totally. i'll let you know but also if you guys have any episodes where you want to guess but don't have someone particularly you're always welcome i'm always happy to join you guys even if it's a movie i've never seen i'll fucking watch yeah. a movie you know what i'm saying but also don't no go. yeah i i actually was it I, I don't mean this to sound like to come across as an afterthought but um god damn it bring this up real quick there was one i thought that it's like it's um I don't want to say kitty horror, but it's it's more along the lines of like Monster Squad, like yeah, a, yeah. like the, the kids the on bikes. <laughs> yeah, more like a kids on bikes kind of Halloween affair. Uh, Lavar Burton's yeah. Lavar Burton's in it actually of all people. Oh my from... god, Lavar Burton! <laughs> yeah, reading <It's>... Rainbow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's it's actually kind of got a, a little bit of a bite to it, but it was like an ABC Family. Uh, special from like 1985 it's like a full like hour and a half long movie it's called um uh what is it the midnight hour okay. and it's only on youtube but the full thing's on youtube so i can send you the link to that but so i was keying that to be our our last uh halloween episode and then so i'm looking at october 19th okay it's like two weeks out, but I'll, I'll shoot you some details, maybe in some dates on uh, Slack. Um, because yeah, I could brother. do, I could do like, you know, we could do like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever works for all of our schedules. So I'll give you like a range, I guess for that week, but yeah, I had meant to do that earlier. Um, but we had, we had some stuff going on and we had to like delay an episode and shit, shit was just hectic for a while, but because okay. I wanted to have a guest on for every Halloween episode. Like yeah, I got yeah, Miles, yeah. Chris, and then Hydroberg fell through and then John. But yeah. uh, I knew I kept the midnight hour open. I, I put see if Logan's down for this one. So yeah, I'll show you some in. details. Cool. Yeah, I think you'll like it. 
it's it's a lot of fun. It'll be fun to talk about. I'm down. I'm very in. Yeah, I man, the raid too was such a fun time. I'm like, shit, I want to do that again. Something like that. That was a lot of fun. So um, yeah. so yeah, for sure. Um, hit me up, but I'm gonna let you go because I know it's probably fucking lit shit for you. Um, it's it's just crossed mid the midnight hour here actually. So, but as we no, speak, it's, after it's midnight. all good. All right, fam. Well, you have a good rest of your night. Good rest of your week. Good rest of your weekend. Um, yeah, totally. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always so much fun. And your episodes, the episodes where you guys join us are always like our highest listens. So um, <laughs> y'all definitely right bring, bring any audience that we have. But our, our audience is slightly creeping up. We're getting more and more listens every every week. Sweet. Um, Fuck yeah, man. Just keep, All right. keep on with it. And I'll I'll promote the shit out of it on my socials too. So I'm looking Thanks, forward to sir. it. All right. You have a Word. good night, Jimmy. Oh, that's crazy. You make that and it fucking comes up. Oh, it's the it's the it's a Taylor Swift thing. Oh shit. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? No, like no, the graphics. It's just, it's just a heart. But, no, but did you see it on your screen? Like a bunch of hearts like bubbled up. Oh shit. No, I didn't see that. Hang it on. Was like a, it was like a it was like a V it was like a VR effect. You held up the heart and all the heart it was like 18 hearts went like J -j -j -j. it's not doing it now. i did not see that that's awesome it's weird because earlier on you gave a thumbs up like this and then there was a thumbs up bubble that kind of like bubbled onto the screen no I, was like, what fucking the fuck way. <laughs> I had no idea i didn't even Some realize google shit oh google meet <laughs> all right all right cool yeah thank you appreciate okay, it bye for we'll talk soon back. yes sir bye <laughs> bye <laughs> Ha, <laughs>